welcome back to the Inspectigators. This is Rory. And this is Grok. And on this week's episode, we are discussing the assassination of Archbishop Oscar Romero. Wow. This should be interesting. Yeah. So this case is actually um, pretty recent in terms of like previous cases that we've done, mm-hmm. because this one took place in 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty recent. Are you ready to jump into it? Oh, as always. So, Oscar Romero was a Salvadoran archbishop who was born on August 15th, 1917, and was killed March 24th, 1980. So, before he was appointed archbishop, he was considered a very safe candidate to be archbishop. Mm, okay. Um, he had years and years and years of experience working for the church, because, you know, you have to work your way up to archbishop. Yeah, I forget that, like, people get paid for church stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... Most churches, besides yeah. the Mormon church, you get paid because that's all they do. Yeah. They don't do anything else. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so he had worked for the church for years. He had taken seminary classes in El Salvador, and then he went to um, Rome's Gregorian University Ooh. for college to study. And he had um, ended up taking or ended up acquiring a doctorate wow. in asceticical theology. Imagine trying to tell people that, like, what do you have a PhD? And you're like, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he was ordained in 1942, and before becoming archbishop, he was considered rather conservative, essentially, Mm -hmm. but he would soon change his mind on that matter. So three weeks after he was appointed archbishop, one of his good friends, Jesuit Father Ruciello Grande, was murdered. Oh, wow. Okay. I know I keep saying, oh, but like, wow, that's Mm -hmm. pretty sudden. So he was a very vocal advocate for the poor and it ended up costing him his life. How much do you have to hate poor people to be killed by it? Like for that, it gets worse. Oh boy. Five more priests would be murdered in the time that Romero was archbishop. Holy cow. All of these priests were advocating for the poor. Who was killing them? The rich. Oh... So this all takes place, and I'll probably mention this again, but this is all right before the Salvadorian Civil War. Oh, yeah. So this was all leading up to it. Mm -hmm. But the war itself wouldn't actually begin until 1980 when Romero was killed. Mm -hmm. So the Civil War would end up lasting 12 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's way too long. Exactly. And El Salvador is still affected by the Civil War today. Yeah. Because that was pretty recent. Yeah. Like... Historical time-wise, timeline-wise, yeah, very recent. Um, so Romero ended up denouncing the dictator at the time. That's not usually a good idea, but, I mean, it's probably necessary. Yeah. So um, the dictator's name was Carlos Humberto Romero. They're not related at all. Yeah. Um, and then he refused to support the right-wing um, junta, which is kind of like um, the government that forms after a coup happens. Oh, they're kind of the ones that go, we're in power now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't support them at all because they were very, very right-wing. So, the, however, that junta was um, supported and backed by the U.S. Oh. Yeah. That can lead to some conflict. Yeah. So, Romero himself would end up becoming a huge advocate for the poor and start saying that they needed to stand up and try and stop the repression. And... If you've read 1984, yep. the main character talks about how the peep, if the poor people would stand up and all fight it. together, nothing could stop them. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was kind of a cool 
little tie-in? Yeah, because that book was written in 40, 1948. Oh, yeah, so that's kind of like a little... And the Civil War happened starting started in 1980, so I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of Romero's human advocacy work, he would end up getting nominated for a Nobel Prize. Oh, that's awesome. In 1979. He ended up, that's a year before he dies. Uh-huh. Oh, that's sad. He was nominated for the Nobel Prize by, uh, I think it was the U.S. Congress and 118 members of the British Parliament. Ooh. Yeah. But his human advocacy work is also what put the death warrant on his head. Mm. So the night before he was murdered, Romero said, and this is a direct quote, I would like to appeal in a special way to the men of the army, and in particular to the troops of the National Guard, the police, and the garrisons. Brothers, you belong to our own people. You kill your own brother peasants. And in the face of an order to kill that is given by a man, the law of God that says, do not kill, should prevail. No soldier is obliged to obey an order counter to the law of God. No one has to comply with an immoral law. It is the time now that you recover your conscience and obey its dictates rather than the command of sin. Therefore, in the name of God, and in the name of this long-suffering people whose laments rise to heaven every day more tumultuous, I beseech you, I beg you, I command you, in the name of God, cease this repression. He was not messing around. No. He said this on his weekly, um, like... Sermon? Yeah. Oh, he did it over, like, the radio? Yeah. Um, so people heard this. Yeah, this was kind of something that uh, probably stood out a little bit. Exactly. And um, he said, sin be gone. Basically. He he told the people who were being recruited into these armies, stop killing everybody. Yeah. Because you were killing your own brother. You were killing your own people. So a lot of the priests at the time, all these priests who were being just straight up murdered, yeah. they were preaching that the poor should not only wait for justice in the next world. They should take it now. Exactly. Hmm. And which I think is a really cool way of saying, like, in tying their religion into this idea of revolution. Yeah. It's basically like, we're going to take this. We're going to take that. Boom. Revolution. Basically. Um, Romero was considered the voice of those without a voice. Aww. By telling the soldiers not to kill. I mean, that's great. I mean, yeah. Exactly. But this broadcast that he did was actually the final straw. This is what signed his death warrant. Mm. So, Not surprised. No. Romero was shot the next day at the Church of the Divine Providence while leading Mass. There was something called La Comisión de la Verdad um, para El Salvador, which translates to um, Truth Commission for El Salvador, which was approved by the UN and later concluded that Romero's death had been carried out by a right-wing death squad. Oh, so that yeah, this is something that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So at his funeral, tens of thousands of people showed up, and it was considered one of the biggest demonstrations in the country's history. Mm-hmm. However, at the funeral, bombs went off outside the Metropolitan Cathedral where the funeral was held. Gunfire was then proceeded to rain down, and there was an estimated 27 to 40 people dead and more than 200 wounded. That's horrifying. Exactly. In some of the articles that I read, they claimed that the death of Romero was a catalyst, both a catalyst to the Civil War and a devastation to the Salvadorian people. Yeah. Romero actually was made a saint, made a saint. Oh, yeah. In the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really cool. That was back in... 2016, I think. Ooh. Or something like that. So that's, that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. And when they um, had this ceremony in Rome to, um, like, officially make him a saint, 
First of all, tens of thousands of people showed up. Mm -hmm. Second of all, this is kind of weird, but the I don't remember if it was the Pope at the time or another Archbishop. I think it was the Pope. Um, the Pope at the time ended up wearing the thing that he had been wearing when he got shot. Oh. Yeah. And Romero got shot in the chest mm -hmm. by his sniper rifle. So there's just a lot of blood. And he wore that. He oh, he wore the thing? Like, according, it wasn't even just, like, a recreation of the outfit. It was just straight up what he wore? According to one of the articles that I read, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which I think is a little weird. Yeah, that is. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. What was the reason? I have no idea. Um, but... So here's the thing about the suspects. It all kind of stems from one person. <laughs> My headphone! <laughs> Continue. Okay. So the suspects, it all kind of stems from one person who ordered these people to do these things. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like, oh, this guy straight up murdered him. It's, it's this just guy, a matter of who. This guy ordered him. this guy to murder him, but he was in tied with other, these people who he kidnapped these people, and it's a whole mess. Yeah, it sounds like it. So I'm gonna list the people who kind of were the ones told by this one guy, mm -hmm. and we'll kind of talk about him. So the first of the suspects is a man by the name of Oscar Perez Linares. So President Reagan was the president at the time mm -hmm. of um, the Salvadorian Civil War. Uh, Reagan had decided that Romero's death could not stand and vowed to make um, the punishment of, of Romero's killers a priority. That's a pretty big bounty on your head to have the president of the United States be like, yo, we're going to find you. We're going to mess you up. Exactly. But I also don't think that Reagan had very pure intentions regarding this. Yeah. I think he kind of used Romero's death as a way to like political campaign kind of yeah to get himself not not even in office just to get himself able to send money towards the war and not have the u.s people revolt yeah um right. reagan ended up sending about four billion dollars oh ended up training most of the salvadorian armies and provided weapons yeah no for not surprised most but of the civil war a little disappointed. Oh, yeah, for sure. So the U.S. claimed that the ordering of the murder had been... Actually, no. Let me rephrase. Not even the U.S. The report, um, the Truth Commission, mm -hmm. that the U.N. required claimed that the murder had been ordered by a um, military intelligence officer by the name of Major Roberto de Abison, who had recently left... The National Guard. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. And um, he had been in collusion with wealthy businessmen and Salvadorian security forces. That's really sketchy. Like, that's as sketchy as my art. Wait, it gets worse. Oh. Who had set up the anti-communist death squads I, I, that had begun to murder suspected leftist, leftist sympathizers. Oh, my gosh. Still as sketchy as your art? Very, even more sketchy. That's, that's like 2012 sketchy art right there. Even sketchier. Oh, man. So he was reported to often be on television using military intelligence files to denounce... I don't know if this is guerrillas or guerrillas. I don't know if you pronounce the double Korea? No, guerrillas. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think it's... Yeah, no, I'm not going to try that. I don't know. Um, so I'm just going to pronounce it as guerrillas right now. You can yell at me later if it's wrong. <laughs> um, and the people... Oh, so the guerrillas that he was accusing were often end up getting murdered. Not surprised. No. And Romero had been on the top of that list. Ah. Yeah. 
However, the U.S. claimed that there had been no evidence of the killer, so they couldn't fulfill their promise. Oh, to, it always like, comes him. down to evidence. But the thing is, is that evidence suggests that there was plenty of evidence. Oh, the U.S. just ignored it. Sounds so, about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, it just does. Mm-hmm. Roberto would end up being one of the most successful Salvadorian politicians during the Civil War. However, he died in just after the end of the Civil War from throat cancer. And people said that that was God's wrath. Uh-huh. And I'm obliged to agree with them. Yeah. Because this was not a good man. Uh-uh. So he's the man that all of these other suspects stem from. Mm-hmm. He's the one who ordered. Yeah. He's the one who were like, everyone's like 99% sure he was the reason why. Yes. Got it. One of the reporters of one of the articles that I read had been talking to a deserter from one of Roberto's death squads, saying that at one point he had been guarding a safe house that had three men living there. They were former guerrillas, nicknamed the Little Angels. A man would come by who wasn't living there. Mm-hmm. He was a national police detective, and his name was Oscar Perez Linares. The deserter had heard one of the men make a joke about Linares killing Romero, and Linares just said, you should have, you should have seen the blood that came from the priest. That's a little... Okay, I know I keep saying sketchy, but that's not even sketchy. That's just a full-on painting. Yeah. Like... He straight up was just like, yeah. <laughs> this blood. dude bled a lot. Like... As one does when shot. Exactly. Um, so the reporter then... This is a direct quote from the reporter. Okay. Because I could not rephrase this in a way that, like, kept... Just... Just... It, just listen to it. Okay. So the reporter said, after the war, I looked into declassified CIA files. Sure enough, in the mid-1983, an unusually detailed CIA report quoting a senior Salvadorian police source named Linares as a member of a four-man national police squad which murdered Romero. Other Salvadorian officers said the same thing, and the man who drove the car which took the killer to the church also picked out a photo fit of Linares. Okay, the man did it. (laughs) Like... You can't rephrase that in any way that, like, makes it any less, like, yeah, this guy did that. Mm-hmm. However, the same article also says that Linares wasn't just any detective, and his people weren't just any old gorillas. They were cool gorillas. <laughs> yes. Before the war, when Roberto ran El Salvador's intelligence agency called the ANSESAL, I'm going to call it ANASEL, was set up by the CIA to guard against communist infiltration of its hemisphere. That's a lot of big words. It is a lot of big <laughs> words. Linares was one of his most successful agents and ended up infiltrating the uh, fledgling rebel group. One of his best spies in the rebel ranks was the head of the Little Angels, who the deserter that this reporter is talking to was known as El Negro. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So El Negro was a top rebel group leader who trained in Cuba and managed to systematically take down all the rebels in the West. This sounds like a spy movie. Does it not? It really does. So this guy, El Negro, when they mean take down the rebels in the West, he would go befriend both sides, be like a double agent, mm-hmm. and then go systematically betray them all. So everything That's just came crumbling down. Oh my gosh. The weapons dealers, he would lead them into traps. Holy cow. He would give up the locations of, like, other squads and stuff. He said... Mm -hmm. He said, bye. (laughs) Linares 
was eventually put on the U.S.'s hit list, along with El Negro, and was captured in Guatemala and killed on his way back to El Salvador. Rip. Yeah. So this hit list kind of came when the U.S. was trying to send more money to El Salvador, Mm -hmm. and they realized that they needed the El Salvador, or I'm sorry, that they needed the Salvadorian army to look cleaner so that the U.S. would, U.S. people would support sending the money. Yeah. So they sent U.S. officials to go try and clean up the mess. Clean up. Uh Uh-huh. Mm. Which is kind of how Menares ended up getting put on the hit list. Yeah. This one is just messy. Yeah. There is another suspect by the name of Alvaro Rafael um, Saravia. So this one is the name that I saw the most of, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find any details of. Uh, so everyone kind of was like pointing fingers at him, but no one had a lot of information on him. Exactly. They all kind of had the same information. Like I read... I think at least five or six articles, and they all just kind of said the same thing, Mm -hmm. which I find odd. Yeah. So, Saravia was also sent by Roberto. He ended up getting arrested in Miami in 1987, but due to the broad amnesty laws that El Salvador had regarding human rights violations in the Civil War, they couldn't touch him. Dang. But in 1993, El Salvador... Can't touch this. Sorry, continue. <laughs> but in 1993, El Salvador dropped the laws, and then in 2016, it completely reopened the case. And out? <laughs> yeah. So, Zaravia was requested to come into court. Like, they sent him a little thing in his home in California. You coming to court! And then he didn't go. So then the court said that he needed to pay like $10,000 to somebody. I don't remember who it was. um, And something else, which I forgot. But then he didn't come, obviously. So then he went into hiding. Oh, where do you... Good for him, I guess. But uh, go to court, dude. Yeah. Um, So he was also sent by Roberto. That's the important part here. Oh, okay. This all kind of stems back from him. Mm. Okay. Saravia, he was mentioned multiple times, especially since the judge that went after him seems to be very much like, oh yeah, it's him. Yeah. But I can't find anything else on him. It's just basically saying, yeah, he was supposed to go to court. Didn't go to court. He's gone. Did they ever find him? Uh, not that I've read. He j- <laughs> I mean, I guess good for him, but not good for the whole case. Yeah, no. <sighs> but the whole thing. He said, good night, streaks. He really did. He just said, good night, goodbye. The thing is, is that so many priests were killed in before the Civil War and during the Civil War mm-hmm. because they were preaching for the people to rebel. And mm-hmm. they were preaching for human advocacy, just yeah. human rights. Just human rights. Let people live. And so many of them ended up getting murdered. That's so, like, you just realize how bad governments can become, like, when you look back at history sometimes and you're like... Yeah. Just have to wonder. So out of our two or three kind Mm of um, suspects, who's your best guess? Well, my best guess is most likely the the first guy. Linares? Yeah. Honestly, when I was reading through it, that was kind of my thought, especially since I found a lot more for him. Like, I found one article because I found one article and I was like, okay, well, 
maybe this article isn't super like reliable maybe but then i found another one that kind of said something similar yeah and i was like okay so this there's a decent amount of information on this guy Mm -hmm. i found at least five or six articles on saravia and then i have almost nothing yeah and it kind of just stops there exactly we just need to get the cia files now I mean, <laughs> I'm sure if the CIA files are open to the public, I could look for them. But also, I'm really bad at reading legal documents. Like, Fair enough, fair enough. The Truth Commission paper, mm-hmm. it's up on the internet. It's oh. 203 pages long oh. of legal jargon. And I opened it, and I looked at the table of contents. And <laughs> anyway, there, nope. Yeah, there weren't even any page numbers on the table of contents. Wow. Get get your crap together, guys. Put a little little word paper count. Little organization would be nice in the government, please. You would think. You would have thunk. But it's it's messy. And I was trying to read through the Truth Commission, but it's hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's the government for you. That's the government for you. I say we be done with this case because it's kind of depressing. It is depressing. <laughs> And also, I'm still stuck on the Pope wearing his bloody shirt. I know, that's really weird. I'd be so uncomfortable. Like, do you just kind of slip it on, you're like, nice fit, and then you just walk, like... You're just in there, you're like, a man died in this shirt. (laughs) A very beloved man died in this shirt. I'm gonna wear it. Ugh. Yeah, no thanks. No, thank you. You... I mean, good for him, I guess? I don't know, it's just... That's just weird. Yeah. Are you ready for puns? Yeah, but this case is basically just like government corrupt. No one can prove it, but government's corrupt. Well, no. Okay, okay. They could prove, prove. They could prove the corruption. They couldn't prove the killers. Okay, yeah. So air quote the proof. Like they could prove it, but they're not gonna prove it. Yeah. Okay. Due to the depressing nature of this case, we're gonna look up happy puns. So welcome to the pun territory. The punishment. Dun dun dun! Bum bum bow! Happy puns. <laughs> oh, there's a pun generator. Let's generate some puns. All right, let's type a word in. Tree. Um, tree. Generate puns. <laughs> Trees need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> we need to talk about Kevin. Tree needs to talk about Kevin. These don't make sense. <laughs> okay. I think they're just taking words and replacing it with tree in it because these don't make sense. <laughs> tree who laughs, la- tree who laughs last laughs longest. I don't know trees can laugh. <laughs> All good things come to tree who waits. <laughs> tree will give tree devil his due. <laughs> An offer tree can't refuse. Trees who can does. Trees who cannot treat trees. What? That's literally what it says. Teach trees to trees to, to trees. The original says, "He who can does. He who cannot teaches." Tea trees. Eat, drink, and tree merry. Tree merry. This is terrible. I need more puns, but let's get another word. Okay, second round of puns from the pun generator. Feet. No. Feet. The first one is original. Heat capacity pun. Feet capacity. You have a foot fetish. Yeah. What's your maximum foot ca- feet capacity? Foot capacity. Feet capacity. Uh, feet and two veg. 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 Feet and two veg. Feet your Waterloo. Never the twain shall feet. Fly by the feet of one's pants. 
back feet driver. <laughs> Me sticking my feet on the back of your seat while you're driving. Yep. Take back a feet. Take it. Take it back. <laughs> feet my hat. <coughs> I'm sorry, what? Feet my hat. Balance feet. French feet. Feet humble pie. Feet transfer. <laughs> In the feet of the night. Material safety data feet. <laughs> the original is material safety data sheet. That's not even puns. These aren't puns. They're just replacing feet and random like sayings. One more. Okay, one more word and then we'll be done. Elbow. Oh, boy. Give me the elbow. Season of mist and elbow fruitfulness. I, I Bone elbow. But we're going to look up another one. There's nothing here of qualityness. Bone elbow. <laughs> Bone elbow. Um, let me think of it. Hmm. Moist. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Moist with your own pet tard. Moist P-tard. dental fricative. <laughs> <laughs> Moist biapple plosive. Moist palato alveolar. Alveolar africate. Africate. Moist alveolar syllabite. Moist uvular fricative. Open web steel moist. <laughs> these don't make any. These are like medical terms. What is this? Moist palliative plosive. Put your nose out of moist. Moist and click. I don't like that. Moist Percy at the porcelain. Get it, Percy. Okay, we're. Wait, wait, wait. One more. One more. Temporal mandibular moist disorder. And it's temporal mandibular joint disorder. Thank you, pun generator, for your wonderful terms. I hope you go to medical school and say <laughs> whatever that word is. You change I'm going to show up and it'd be like, guys, I have the best idea. We're going to change this joint disorder to this <laughs> moist. But no. that's all for the punishment. Yeah, this was definitely a punishment today. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, a mess. Okay, so that's it for this week's case. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay moist. Oh, God. Please stop. (laughs) Rub some elbows, stay moist, and chillax, bros. See you next week. That's all on the Inspectigators. Uh, This is Grok signing off. This is Rory signing off. Hasta la pasta. Bye. That actually is really funny. I like that one. The pun generator is bad. We're going to use it next time. (laughs) 